Welcome to Elevate Youth. Who's happy to be here tonight? Let's make some noise. Awesome. That is awesome, you guys. I'm so glad you guys are here with us tonight. And we've got, I've got a good message for you guys. I'm not going to lie. I've got a good message. Like, I'm really excited to share, with, share it with you guys. But um, yeah, we're just going to hop right into it. Um, we're in the message series. Um, it's the second week of our message series called Countdown to the Bold Experience um, Bold is three weeks away, you guys. That is coming up. I know. It's exciting. Speaking of bold, I am modeling our yearly shirts for bold this year. Someone already asked me if I had a water balloon splatted on me. No, that is acid wash. Um, that is not a water balloon, but this is the front. The theme this year is light up the world. This is the back. I know. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So we'll be passing out these shirts on the first day of the Bold Experience on that Tuesday, June 28th. So it's going to be a great time. But this series, hear me out, guys, this series is for everyone here, whether you're going to the Bold Experience or not. This series is for everyone because what we're doing in this series is we're going through our three mission statements, which are reach up, raise up, and rise up. And if anything, this series is more for everyone than it is just for the bold people because it is about our church and it is about us individually. So I want you guys to not tune me out if you're not going to the bold, but um, it's going to be really good. So last week we talked about reach up and reach up is the first and most important thing in our mission. And it's about reach up to God with everything we have. You know, we talked about how we need to give God everything. We need to give God our pride. We need to give God our issues. We need to have humility to reach up to God. And so reach up is about focusing and elevating God. You know, we're, we're called Elevate Youth. We're about elevating those things. Reach up is about elevating God. And the next thing we're going to talk about tonight is raise up. And raise up is elevating those around us. So we're, gonna, we're called to raise up those around us. But before we get into that, I just have a quick question. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Probably, probably, probably not a lot. If we're being real, probably not a lot. But as I was researching this question, as I do, um, I found probably the stu one of the stupidest commercials I've ever seen. Let's, let's, let's roll it. We got it. What would you do for a Klondike bar? What would you do, ma'am? Oh, I'm waiting for my husband. I can stand here. Okay, stand there. Just stand here for a Klondike? Uh -huh. I don't have to act like a monkey. Rich chocolate ice cream. Or hop like a frog. Smothered in milk chocolate. Yeah. All right. Oh, that chocolate-coated ice cream loaded big and put no room for a stick. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Hi, hon. Oh, can I have one? Oh, yeah, just stand right here. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I was exposed to that this morning or yesterday, whatever it was, so I had to expose you guys for that. So I have a question. What would you do for a Klondike bar? All you got to do is raise your hand. Who wants a Klondike bar? I saw a first hand right there. These, these are solid, so I'm not even looking. <laughs> that was too much. <laughs> All right. Here's the box. <laughs> All right, you guys, how about you guys split it? That's the, best, that's the best solution I've got for you guys. All right, 
That has very, okay, Cam, I'm sorry for throwing that so deep. I don't know. I think I threw that one over there way too hard, too. Good thing they're frozen, right? Okay, good job. Good job. I'm so proud. <laughs> Man, you know, I've actually never had a Klondike bar. I'm going to have to, like, buy one. After, I know. I'd have to, like, I'm going to have to, like, buy one at the end. <laughs> the you milk the giraffe. Okay, and we're going to stop at milk. So, um, you know, that actually has very little to do with my message, but I, I just, I, I don't know. Caitlin and I were at the store the other day, and we saw Klondike bars, but it, it, it ties in loosely. So, raise up. We're talking about raising up others in new life around us, and when I was preparing for this message, um, I was reminded of a quote from Craig Groeschel, who is the pastor of Life.Church, which is a very large church in America. Um, it's a very big church, but um, he has at, at one of the Life Church's mottos and missions, and what a quote that he has is this, and it says this. It says, we will do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love. We will do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love. The second half of it is to reach people no one is reaching we have, to be, we have to be willing to do things that no one is doing. So my question tonight is, do you have the boldness to do anything to raise up people with God's love? Do you have what it takes? Do you have the courage? Do you have the boldness to do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love? And I'm saying anything short of sin, right? Anything. And the question is, if not, why? If, if the answer to that is no, I am not willing to do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love, I want to ask the question, why? Tonight might be a bit of a challenging message for some of us, including myself. As I was writing it, it was almost painful. <laughs> but I just, want to ask, I just want to ask that question because I don't, Jesus wasn't afraid of tough questions. He wasn't afraid of tough subjects, and neither should the church. So that's what I want to ask tonight is, God has called us to do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love because, honestly, the time that we have is shorter than we think. The time that we have to reach people with God's love is shorter than we think, so we have to be bold. We have to be willing. Why don't we have the boldness to reach people with God's love? Why don't I have the boldness to reach people with God's love? This is a very, like I said, this is a very personal issue I'm dealing with because honestly, like I just want to, you know, be open to you guys. I'm kind of an awkward guy. Like some of you guys might have already picked up on that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of awkward. When I was like in fourth grade, like the only friend I had was the friend that met me and kind of stuck around me. I didn't do anything for that friendship, guys. He kind of just followed me around. If anything, it was kind of creepy, but like... I'm, I'm kind of an awkward guy. Like, I overthink conversations that may never happen. Like, I'm kind of, like, I'm, I'm in that zone. And so to confront somebody with God's love, especially if they're hostile to Christianity, is very difficult for me. And that's something that God's been working on me with. But this is not a condemnation. This is not a judgment to you if you were to honestly answer that no. Because, first of all, I believe probably everyone in this room would answer no to that question. If we had to be honest, if we had to be willing to open up, we would all say, no, I am not willing to do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love. Um, so reaching people with God's love doesn't necessarily mean that they're not saved. They could be saved and they could just need a touch from God. They could just need some 
love from God or they just need an encouraging word. So this is not condemnation. This is not judgment. But what this is, is this is a conviction. This is a challenge. This is a charge that I'm giving you guys. And I want to be able to equip you. This is a check in your heart. Why am I not willing to do anything short of sin to reach people? And I'm sure we can think of reasons why, but I, my goal isn't to make you uncomfortable tonight, but honestly, it kind of is. I don't know. It's kind of fun sometimes. But So we're going to get into it. I'm going to pray. We're going to get into it. Father God, I just thank you for this group of people. I pray that you give me boldness, give me the words to speak, and give everyone the ears to hear. In Jesus' name, everybody sit. Amen. Amen. All right, our mission. Number two, our mission. To see this generation, to see Gen Z, to see teenagers reach up or raise up others with new life in Christ. I said this already, but this is the second most important part of the mission. Last week, we talked about the most important part of our mission. So if you missed it, we have a podcast. We're on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes. Go check us out. But our mission goes like this. It's to reach up to God, raise up others, and to rise up to our calling and identity that is found in Christ. So what does it look like for this generation for teenagers, for young people, for Gen Z, to raise up those around us. And I just want to put it loud and clear. I'll make it super simple for everyone. Raising up others means making earth look like heaven. Raising up those around us means doing anything short of sin to make earth look like heaven. In order to do that, it's going to require a little bit of elbow grease, right? It's going to require getting, um, getting into some tough conversations. It's going to require getting to some work. It's going to require relationships. It's going to require getting out of our boxes. I want to take that quote again from earlier. Are we willing to do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love? Because that's our mission. So my goal tonight is to help you move one step closer, maybe just one small step closer to being willing to say yes. Maybe I can move the needle from just a little bit closer to say, I'm still a no. I'm not quite willing to do anything short of sin, but I'm a little bit closer. That's my goal tonight. You don't have to be all the way on the other side. If you are literally more power to you, I would love to meet you. And like, that's like awesome. But like, I don't think, I don't think it's realistic for us to get all the way to yes tonight. But I think a lot of us, I think every one of us can move the needle one step closer. So tonight it's my responsibility to deliver you this word that I believe that God has given me, that God has anointed. But it's your responsibility to do some inward research and to find, be open with yourself, be open with the spirit and say, maybe what is some area in my life that doesn't look like heaven? What is some area in my life that I'm not willing to go and to do? So I want to help you get one step closer. And so to do that, we need to ask the question, what does heaven look like? What does heaven on earth look like? There is a famous passage of scripture. Maybe it's famous to me. I don't know if it's like famous, famous. But it is my favorite passage of scripture of all time. And I would love to read it for you guys. It's found in Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. It's in the Passion Translation. And this happens right after, I believe it's in the same chapter, as when the apostles, like Jesus left, he left earth, he did his, he did his thing, he left earth, and he went and took, or, yeah, he left, and his apostles gathered in the upper room, and they invited the Holy Spirit in, and the Holy Spirit filled them up and gave them power and abilities that were supernatural. 
And so this is after this happened, after they've been reaching people, it says this. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together and with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. I don't know about you guys, but every time I read that, I just get a sense that that's what heaven looks like. That's what it's going to look like when we get to heaven. And it's our job. You know, it says it, and Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, on earth as it is in heaven. It's our job to not just wait and to hunker down until we get to heaven, but it's to start actively bringing heaven down on earth. And we get glimpses of that through the Bible of what heaven looks like. You know, a lot of times we get this, we get even pictures in our life. If we go to a youth conference or if you go to the SEND and you, you get glimpses and for us, it's like even small groups, like going to our small group with our peers and our friends that, you know, there are times where we just like worship together and we pray together and we just have a discussion, we share a meal, and it's like, that's heaven. That's what heaven looks like. And it's our job to bring that down to earth. So I just want to list a few things from that passage that these aren't like points or anything, but it's just a few things that I took, but that they did um, in that passage that looks like heaven. It's faithful to follow teachings. It's hearts mutually linked through fellowship and communion. Supernatural signs and wonders. Generosity. Bonding over food. Can I get an amen? Bonding over food, you guys. There we go. Yeah. Bonding over food. Bonding over worship. Favor for all people. And then lastly, it mentions regular new additions. Guys, this is what church is supposed to look like. This is what church looks like. And this is our role. This is our job. If you want to know what heaven looks like, this is it. This is what our church is supposed to look like. This is what our families, our homes are supposed to look like. This is what our marriages are supposed to look like. This is what our schools are supposed to look like, our communities, our cities. This is our mission. You know, I want to, like, take this and take that verse and, like, plaster it on a wall in my living room because like that's what it's supposed to be like and our mission is to do whatever we can short of sin to make everywhere we go look exactly like those few bullet points right here it's our job to make every piece of earth do that and the truth is that we can do this we can do this there is a social theory you might have heard this before you might not have but it's called Dunbar's number and it's a very interesting theory that claims that each person has different circles of people around them with different levels of intimacy and friendship. We've got an image for that on the screen. Yep, that's it. And so each person has circles around them. These are the max number in each of these categories. Okay, so you've got family. Um, I see that. I don't see that as like blood family. I see that as people so close to you that they might as well be family You've got very close friends. You would confide in them. You've got close friends. You've got just your friends. 
you would invite them to a party. I like that distinction. That it's like these are like the max. Like these are what. Like the, the theory is that this is what the human mind is capable of at its max capacity, basically. Like, you, you have, like, a maximum number of, like, 150 people that you would invite to a party realistically. Then there's 500 people. There are acquaintances. You remember how you met. And then there's just people. You could put a name to a face. Okay? So I bring this up because I believe that God has strategically positioned us all over the world to be able to reach different circles of people. You have circles of people and your family, your close friends, your very close friends that I would never even meet in your life. You know, this is why that it's not just the pastor's or the ministry's job to reach the world because you have circles of people that I could never reach. You have groups of people, even in your big red circle, even in your friends, those people I may never be able to reach. But that's why God put you there. That's why you're there. And that's why, you know, the missionary in Africa is there. That's why you're in Liberty High School. You know, that's why you're working at Chick-fil-A. Because you're reaching those people that I couldn't reach or that Kelsey couldn't reach or that Zach couldn't reach. That there are people in your life that God has positioned for you to reach. And your goal is to make it look like heaven. Your goal is to make those relationships look like heaven. So I just, I, I love this image because it puts it in real world terms, and I'm not going to stick too strict to that, but I just want us to imagine for a second that if each of us were able to reach our 50, if we could reach our maximum of 50 close friends around us, you know, I'm, I don't feel like I have like 50 close friends, that seems like a lot, but if, you know, if you could reach 50 in your life of your close friends and influence them and make your relationships with them look like Jesus, there's, there's about 70 people in this room. If 70 people each reached 50 people, that would be 3,500 people. That would be 3,500 people in this city, in Liberty, Missouri, that are bringing heaven to earth. That's massive. That's massive, you guys. You know, there's about 2,000 students at Liberty High School. So... 3,500 people is enough to change a school and a half. If each of us could make our close friends' relationships look like Jesus, that's 3,500 people in this city that are changed. Now, what if they caught the mission? What if 3,500 people in this city reached their 50 people? That would mean 175,000 people in this area would be actively bringing heaven down to earth. There are 30,000 people that live in Liberty, you guys. That's enough to change like six liberties. Now, I'm, I'm going to go just take it a little bit further, but what if 175,000 people each reached their 50, guys? That's 8.7 million. It doesn't take long for the collateral effect of God's love to reach a nation. It doesn't take long for the collateral effect of God's love to reach a high school of only 2,000 people. It doesn't seem so big anymore. If we could each reach our close friends, that's enough to overextend and change and bring revival to a high school. And that is world changing. That is world changing. It's our opportunity. It's our job. God has put us in circles to raise up others with new life and be willing to do anything. But the problem is, 
you think you can't. Problem is, I think I can't. Problem is, we think we can't as a church, as collective body. You know, we, we think we're too far on one pendulum. Like, you know, we're too Christian to reach them. We're not Christian enough. You know, too tall, too short, whatever. Like, we, we put ourselves on this grid as if the grid is what matters. But what matters is what is inside of us. And what matters is the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. I talked about this last week, that it's in Galatians that says that I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives in me. It's God's power working through me. It's the same power that rose Jesus from the dead that's at work inside of me, and it's at work inside of you. The problem is that you're the problem is not that you're not good enough. The problem is that you're not thinking big enough. The problem is that you're not thinking about what's inside of you. You're, not, you're, you're disregarding and you're lowering the ability and the power of the Holy Spirit, and you're lowering the power of Jesus in your life. Listen, it, I'm not saying it's easy. <laughs> I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm just saying you are capable and that's something that I think we need to realize at first, is that you are capable and you do have it. Again, that is still going to be one of the hardest things you will ever do, of reaching every, all of your close friends and all of your friends with Jesus. But you're capable, and you have it in you. Joshua 1.9, God is speaking to Joshua, but I believe that he is also speaking to us through him today. It says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, don't be terrified or dismayed, or intimidated, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with us wherever we go. He's with you. He's with you as you go to your high school. He's with you as you go to the bold experience. He's with you as you go back to your families. He's with you wherever you go. The problem is not that you're not good enough, but it's that you're not allowing God in your life enough. It's that you're not thinking big enough. And maybe, maybe the issue is, maybe it's a pride in our life. Maybe we're trying to fit in with the world too much. I'm not going to make it up for you guys. I think we're going to, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do that work inside of you. I know for me, it's pride and image. That it's like, I don't want to look foolish. I don't want to look stupid. You know, like, and that's kept me from preaching the gospel to people. Um, I want to invite the worship team back up. I just want to tell you guys a quick story that, um, I was at the um, local animal shelter a few weeks ago, and, you know, I was going there, and the lady that opened the door, who was like a security officer there or something, and she was like, you know, are you Sean? I was like, yeah, I'm here. And she said, it's like, okay, you can come in. By the way, there's this guy in here, and he's super angry. He's upset. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks. Thanks for the warning, I guess. So I, I walk in, and yeah, there was a guy in there. He was an older guy, and he was shouting, like at the top of his lungs, at the employees that were working there. And he was saying all these cuss words. He was calling them names. He was super upset, obviously. And I walk over to the next available desk or whatever, and we happened to both get done at the same time. We happened to both get done at the same time, and we actually walk out the door together. And I'm getting in my car, and he says to me, where are you going? And I was like, I'm going to Liberty. That's where I live. He's like, could you drop me off in Liberty? Like, I, I, don't, I got dropped off here, and I, 
don't have a ride, and it was pretty far away from, the, you know, if you've been to the animal shelter, it's a little bit of a drive from Liberty Square and stuff. So I have this moment, and I'm just like, sure, like, come on in, like, I don't care, like, it's fine, you know. So I'm giving him a ride, and I'm asking him questions, and he's talking, he's got, he's super upset because somebody, like, stole his dog, and it's like, he's like, I love my dog more than I love my kids, and it's like, you don't understand, and he's like, just super upset. He's like, in my, he's in my car and he's calling lawyers like actively, like while I'm dropping, like driving in places. And um, I, I like felt this leading that it's like I should tell him about the church and I should give him some money so he can get like a meal. And I, I'm telling you, it my pride got in the way. I didn't want him to reject me, and I didn't want him to think I was foolish. So I, I didn't do that. I didn't tell him about my church, and I didn't give him money. And I tell you, I've regretted that. So that was about a month or two ago. You know, I haven't been like beating myself up over it, but I was like, God, that was my opportunity, wasn't it? That was my opportunity to spread your love to that man. And I've realized at that moment, I wasn't willing to do anything short of sin to spread God's love to that man, to that person, to that child of God that clearly was broken and hurt. And so I prayed and I asked God and I said, God, give me another opportunity. Maybe it's not with him. Maybe it's just with somebody else. And I don't have a, a specific story to share with you right now, but I'll tell you everywhere I go, I'm waiting for that opportunity. I'm waiting for God to send another man, another woman, another broken person, another whole person or whatever, my way that I can show and spread his love to the people in our city, to people in Liberty, people in Kansas City. And it was a check in my spirit because it, it, it wasn't, it was something that was revealed in me that was already there that said, I'm not willing. I don't have, I'm not willing to set myself out there. There was pride in my way. There was an image, a self-image in my way. So I, I wanna leave you guys with this question that I've been asking this whole night. It's, are you really willing to do anything short of sin to reach people with God's love? Because for all I know, maybe that was that, last guy, that guy's last opportunity. Maybe I was it, you know? I'm, I'm, praying not, I'm praying that's not. But our time is shorter than we think. And it's time to get God's word in us, get the Holy Spirit inside of us, and get prepared for those situations before they happened, rather than regret it that we didn't do it afterwards. So let's all, let's all stand up. I don't have anything profound or anything super special to say. It's been a very simple message so far, but I just want this to be a challenge for you guys to not make the mistake that I did, to not let your pride or self-image get in the way to really get yourself to the point where you're willing to do anything short of sin to reach people. And if not, then why? Maybe for some of you, it's like me. Maybe it's a pride, self-image thing. You don't want to look stupid. You don't want to get heckled. You don't want to get made fun of. I know that's what it was for me because that guy was clearly upset. I didn't want him to cuss out at me. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I've never met this guy, you know? You know, maybe for some of you guys here, it's that God and Jesus isn't real enough for you. Like maybe you think going to, the church, going to church is all right and reading your Bible every once in a while is cool. But maybe you just haven't experienced the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. 
maybe it's just not real enough for you yet. It's, it's real in some areas, but in others, it's, it's a shrug. Like, yeah, you know, I don't really care. Whatever it is for you, I just want to ask you to consider giving that to God. To consider saying, God, why is this that way? And just invite him in to change that, to do something about it. So let, let's pray. God, I just praise you and I thank you. Holy Spirit, I invite you in this place. Convict us, Holy Spirit. Fill us up. Fill us up with good things that you have for us. Jesus, we just love you so much. In Jesus' name, let's worship tonight.
pray that this message affects us and we take it throughout our week. Jesus, we just praise you. God, we give you all the glory. Let not our pride be an issue, God, but we cast out pride in the name of Jesus. God, we just want everything you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give God some praise tonight, you guys. This is my son Judah, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never brought him up on stage before, but it's so bright. Yeah, it's really bright for him. <laughs> All right, you guys. You guys have a great week. I hope to see you guys next week. Um, tribes are next week, I believe, not this week, but the next week. And Bold is coming up. Thank you guys for coming. You guys are dismissed.